1: This is Danny and Dusty. It's not your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this. That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. I have to Go ahead. Go ahead. Skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app
2: and 1080. I'm your Huckleberry, the Fan. All right, hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. What a great week 14 it was in the National Football League. As this text that just came in says there, was a, there were an awful lot of quarterbacks played in that Raven-Steelers game. I have some notes on that. Name one. Anthony Brown, <laughs> former Oregon quarterback, Anthony Brown, who came in for Tyler Huntley, who got injured. That game was a disaster in the black and blue division that is the AFC North lived up to it. Um, But will we see more, Anthony Brown? That is a question. But last night, Sunday Night Football capped off what was an exciting and really entertaining Week 14, where on the surface, I don't think a lot of people were as excited as I was about uh, yesterday's games.
1: No, I mean, the slate was, we talked about it on on Friday, the slate, like it had some good ones. I think Jets-Bills, even though it was low scoring, I think that actually lived up to what I expected. Yes. Uh, Bengals-Browns, I thought, was a good game. Uh, Lions. Lost money on that one. Pasting the Vikings. Uh, I I think it was tremendous. Eagles-Giants, man.
2: You know what pisses me off about that Vikings game? What's that? I can't even blame Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins wasn't the problem. He wasn't.
1: Their defense is horrible. Horrible. Sure, but, I mean, you can always blame Kirk Cousins. No. No. Kirk Cousins
2: actually playing well. Kirk Cousins, 31 of 41, 425 425 in two touchdowns, (laughs) zero interceptions. Just finally saying, you know what I got? Justin Jefferson. Guess what he does? Tuddies all day long. 11 catches for 223 yards. He just went to him, and I love the, man, Kirk Cousins is really having a great year. Oh, you mean the guy who finally has an offensive coordinator as his head coach, and he has Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and they, oh, by the way, they traded for TJ Hawkinson. That guy's doing well. Shocking.
1: Shocking. 11 catches for Jefferson, 6 for Hawkinson, 7 for Thielen.
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that they're actually playing well. And, oh, by the way, They were going up against the worst defense statistically in the National Football League. Yet, yesterday...
1: They couldn't run the ball to save their life.
2: But yesterday the Vikings were worse on defense. Yes. Because like adjusted yards, like 425 yards for Kirk Cousins, that's a lot of yards. Mm -hmm. Like for anybody. But... 330 for Jared Goff is like... Is like Kirk Cousins throwing for seven hundred yards. Yes. Like when you when you
1: get a three, he averages average. two twenty seven. <laughs> he put a hundo over over his average.
2: Yeah, that's how bad the Vikings were. Yeah. And so I can't. Therefore, I cannot blame Kirk Cousins for that. I'm stoked though for Jared Goff. I like Jared Goff. Like I, I think Jared, he's a likable guy.
1: He is. Do you see him as a solid gap quarterback? It, like is he it, better is he better than a gap quarterback?
2: All three Lions fans need to be very concerned at the fact like they're moving forward with him as like their franchise guy. That's, that's what I mean. Like Yeah, but y- 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 yes. But, uh, hell, he's gone to a Super Bowl. He has. Like uh, you need a great team around Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. You absolutely need And do. right now
1: your offense is spectacular. Yeah.
2: Do, Special, do you especially now that they have Jameson Williams.
1: Do you spend all that capital that you have on the defense or do you Yeah. Do you try to trade Goff, or do you, do you take what could be a very high pick in this draft? Mm-hmm. From and, L.A.? Yes. And do you trade that pick, and all la Seahawks, and get your draft capital to spread it around the rest of your team, if you believe Goff can be your quarterback for the next two years?
2: Yes, because you have so many other holes. You have so many other holes. Mm-hmm. Their, uh, their defense is putrid. the worst in the NFL. It's putrid. <clears throat> but... <laughs> But you, you
1: do have a you do do have a pass rusher, you with, do with Hutchinson.
2: Yep. You don't need that, and that's where you still. Oh, <laughs> no, no, you you have a left and a right tackle. Your right tackle caught a damn touchdown yes. not a touchdown? First down, yes. like he had a nine-yard
1: reception, a big wiggle on, on, on the rollout. You love to see it. Which, okay, so if you don't know
2: what we're talking about, and we're not talking Chargers right now, <laughs> we will get to the Chargers, but the the Vikings and the Lions have taken mm-hmm. this this segment over. They lined up with Penny Sewell eligible. In, like, a bunch formation, tight bunch formation, and he was on the left side. You love
1: to see a number 58 eligible. Yeah.
2: They motioned him across, and I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) And I think everybody kind of said it was like, here comes the toss. This is a wham block. Yeah. He is just going to kick out the end, and they're just going to go right off Mm -hmm. his butt, and this is going to be great. And then he kept going, and I was like, it's a waggle. Nobody's going with him. (laughs) The Vikings just ignored him, yep. and all of the 58 just grabs
1: his big old meat cleavers around the ball mm-hmm. and falls forward for a first down. Listen, it's a lineman's dream. Offensive lineman, great hands. <clears throat> great hands. That's uh,
2: not true. Wow! But, uh, they have, most of them have two hands. Yeah, they do. Great hands. No, that's no. inaccurate. Oh, okay. That's just, yeah, that's not. But my favorite part of that game.
1: Life or death situation. Who do you want catching a ball? A cornerback or an offensive lineman?
2: Corner. Oof. Yeah. Oof. I'll have a corner.
1: I'll take the bigger handed offensive line. No,
2: I'll go with the corner All because right. they have just a more. The incredible part about a lineman catching a ball is in college in the NFL, with the way that linemen have their hands taped in Tape their and gloves, it they can't move. They do yeah. it so they can't move them because they're always hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's incredible that he was able to catch it and actually do something with the ball. But uh, Jalen Rager. Before this game, guaranteed a win. Oh no! Wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, guaranteed a win. Okay, I had one target. He had one target, zero catches, zero <laughs> yards. That means the right tackle for the Detroit Lions <laughs> had more catches and, and yards. yards. Oof than the guy who guaranteed a victory for the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Sure glad I picked the Vikings plus one
2: and a half. Yeah, I just uh, told you, man, I lost money on this game, so I'm just (laughs) going to laugh my way through it. I'm going to grin and bear it. But how about these uh, Detroit Lions? Six and seven. Six and seven. They entered the month of November, one and six. They entered the month. They are five, and, five one and one over their last six. And you know what that Figuring one loss was? Out. Their one loss was a field goal loss on Thanksgiving to mm-hmm. the Buffalo Bills, like one of the best teams in the
1: NFL. And if you think about it, other than a, they had two bad losses: Patriots and Cowboys. It was twenty nine nothing and twenty four six. Otherwise, they have lost the Eagles thirty eight thirty five. Yep. The Vikings twenty eight twenty four. Yeah. The Seahawks forty eight forty five. Yeah, and the Dolphins thirty one twenty seven. Yeah, I mean they have been there in almost all of their losses.
2: In really, with the exception of the Patriots' loss,
1: which was just didn't make any sense. And I think every team gets one of those every year.
2: But with the exception of that, um, the better team won each of those games. I mean, that's the that's the, that's the part about it is that you yeah. sit there and you go, there has not been a game where you're like, oh, wow, yeah, should have won that one. They just beat the brakes off the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. two weeks ago. They've had a relatively tough schedule, but they're handling the schedule that's in front of them. And even in those toss-up games, they have wins over the Commanders, wins over the Packers. like You sit there and you go, damn, this is a good
1: Lions This, team. this is a team that is trending upwards yeah. where if they are able to address the defensive side of the ball – they could be a team that you don't want yeah. to play.
2: Yeah. The uh and I think it goes without saying 10 and 3 Minnesota Vikings here. You've you've been tracking this as the season has gone on. Mm-hmm. Uh would you like to update the people on their win or their point differential this year at 10 and 3. They're they're 10 and 3.
1: 10 and 3 in the NFC if you sort again by point differential and I'm going to give a reference for this. The Philadelphia Eagles are plus 138. Plus 138. The Cowboys are plus 131. The 49ers are plus 120. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings are a minus 1. Yeah. Suspect. They
2: are the only team in NFL history to have a 10 wins through the first 13 weeks of the season and
1: have a negative point differential.
2: Yes, and have a negative point differential. The
1: Lions are plus 2.
2: Uh the yeah, they're 6 and 7. They're one game under 500. And they have a positive point. Differential. Basically, the, and the, they lost a game twenty nine to nothing. Yes,
1: Basically,
2: <laughs> they lost the game twenty nine nothing, and they're positive.
1: The Vikings' point differential paints them as a five hundred team.
2: Yeah, they yeah. should
1: be a seven and six team right now.
2: Wow, they have a worse point differential than, as you said, the Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. the five hundred New England Patriots, uh, which are plus twenty three. Uh, they have a worse point differential. Uh, let's see here. Then the Seahawks, who are seven and six,
1: they are four points better than the Las wow. Vegas Raiders and two points better than the Washington Commanders.
2: That's why. That's why. Which is all to say they are the most fraudulent ten and three,
1: maybe can, ever.
2: Yeah. But you can't blame Kirk Cousins.
1: Give me time. I'll find a way.
2: Defense, man. It's that defense. It
1: is it, that defense is not good.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, to put a bow on the Lions, you you can go through and you can look at you know teams that are peaking at the right time that get better over the course of the season. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing right now under Dan Campbell. It's like at mm-hmm. one and six, they had every right to Lions the s out of this season and just kind of roll over. Hell, they could still make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, shout out the (laughs) NFC North.
2: They could still make the playoffs. Um, Meanwhile, you know, let's get to that Sunday night game because the Dolphins came out like gangbusters.
1: Yes, because I derailed this entirely.
2: Justin Herbert, he shines in a in a head to head against two. A bad day for Emmanuel Acho. Was it a worse day for Miami? Dusty on the fan. Okay, last night uh, a lot on line Sunday night football. You had the Chargers as they're trying to keep pace with everybody else in the in the playoff hunt uh, in the AFC. The playoff picture in the AFC is a crowded one, man. And this is going to be the fun part is how it all sorts itself out.
1: I believe the scientific terminology for it is S-show.
2: An S-show is uh, very scientific. Yeah, I I think you're right on that. I've I've heard that. Uh, Scholars will call it that Mm -hmm. um, at times. But you have a cluster of teams that are all kind of in the same boat. And a, a loss last night for the Chargers would have dropped them to 6-7. and seven. Now, um, as they entered the night, the New York Jets, who gave Buffalo everything they could handle. Yes. I mean, that was a 20-12 game that, I mean, they're on a backup quarterback who Mike White went to the hospital after the game. Playing like a dude. He was taking shot after shot after mm-hmm. shot. And they lose 20-12 to 12 to the best team in the AFC. They went from 7th. And now they are at eighth. If the Patriots beat the Cardinals tonight in Monday Night Football, the Jets go from being seventh entering the day all the way to ninth in the AFC standings and on the outside looking in. So to say how big of a win that is for the Los Angeles Chargers, it's huge, especially when you look at their remaining schedule where you have the Titans, which, look, that's not the same Titans team we've seen the last couple of years, but that's a tough out you have especially when the dolphins have a problem uh stopping the run but the chargers you need to be able to run the football on that um uh, uh, on that titans team mm-hmm. the titans they will do exactly what miami should have done last night which is run the sure. damn ball do you know how bad the los angeles chargers are against the run this year
1: how bad are they?
2: <laughs> they are 28th in the National Football League against the run.
1: Which is insane because one of the things we talked about coming into this season was how yep. good this Chargers defense was going to be, number one, on the pass rush, and number two, everywhere. Yep, Because they're deep. They're loaded. And yes, they're beat up and they're injured. All that. But at the same time, they've also performed poorly, both as a pass rush unit and on a- containing the run. Yeah. And it means, doesn't make any sense.
2: They're giving up 150 yards a game. Good Lord. Against the run. And I went back and I was looking at it. The last time that, as a team, they did not give up 150 yards, which is a lot in NFL That's, standards.
1: Listen, average right now, I probably guess is probably about 118 a game.
2: They have given up over 100 yards rushing uh, every game since week six which was October 17th against the Denver Broncos when they gave up 98 yards. Since then, they have given up 213 to Seattle, 201 to Atlanta, 157 to San Francisco, 163 to Kansas City, 181 to the, to the Arizona Cardinals of all team, uh, and then 154 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yesterday, the Miami Dolphins averaged 4.8 yards a carry and only ran the ball 19 times for 92 yards. They didn't even cross the 100-yard mark. And every single team for the last seven weeks has been racking up at least 150 against them. It was almost as if Mike McDaniel went into that game saying, our game plan is not going to be what do they do bad and how can we expose it, but we are going to go with Tua, and we're going to showcase Tua, and he failed miserably. plan Miserably. Three of 17 to start the game.
1: And one of the things that McDaniel said was the idea that, you know, they came in with a better game plan than us. And I don't know how I necessarily feel about his comment. Did you see it? They had a better game plan than us. No. I I guess what I need to do is put on plays that we execute better.
2: I mean, he's right.
1: He he is. uh, it It was an interesting way of going about it. Yeah. Um, but just as a point of reference, because this was going to bother me, the average rushing total, I said 118, yeah. it's 117.
2: 117. Yes. Yeah. This is, they got out, Miami got out Coach. I'm a big Mike McDaniel fan. But last night, he did. it's almost as if he bought into the hype of this is Tua versus Herbert. Mm-hmm. And it kind of felt like that. It kind of felt like that's what the game plan was instead of sitting there and going, they can't stop the run.
1: He brought a Tua to a Herbert fight.
2: And Justin Herbert shined, man. Thirty nine of fifty one, three hundred and sixty seven yards, only one touchdown, but he did everything that they needed to win that he game. He was
1: six completions short of the all time record.
2: Is that good? <laughs> is that good? Yeah, decent. Oh. Okay, decent. Meanwhile, Tua went ten for twenty eight, one hundred and forty five yards and a touchdown, and yet the Chargers' defense is is one that. I, well, one thing, I love teams that are aggressive. I love coaches that are aggressive. Mm-hmm. Brandon Staley's been burnt by it so much, though. Like, his identities, they're going to go for it. They gave up points so many damn times, mm. and they went for it. And this is why he does it, though. They went for it early in the game, and they didn't get it. They went for it, I think it was like two or three possessions later, and they got the touchdown on fourth and goal. Mm that's what they do. Like That's kind of how they operate, and it is so frustrating to watch. It is. Because that game shouldn't have been as close. Their defense is not nearly good enough to do that. No. Yet it happens time and time again, and that's why, at
1: the end of that game, Miami still had a chance to win it. And that's why, at the end of the night, Justin Herbert completed twice as many as Tua had incomplete. (laughs) Think about that for a second. Tua had 18 incompletions. Herbert completed how many passes?
2: Uh, Thirty-nine.
1: Uh-huh. What's eighteen times two is 36. thirty-six. Yep. Yeah. So if you want the if you want the difference maker in in this game, I point you no further than Mister Herbert.
2: Well, and I love I actually loved what the Chargers did from a game plan standpoint, which is teams are so afraid of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle that they'll back off of them, and you'll try to play deep, mm-hmm. and you'll try to play zone. They tightened the windows and said, you know what. They say is accurate. I don't think he is. Make so him, they played man, and they played press coverage on mm-hmm. the outside and said, how do you neutralize speed? You're not going to run side-by-side side against them and win in, in a foot race, but if they can't get off the line, they can't get the ball. And they they played the numbers game, just as Brandon Staley does with going for it mm-hmm. on fourth down. They played the numbers game in that, all right, we feel our DBs, are not going to allow clean and free releases mm-hmm. to where those guys are, are getting open as much. And we're going to play the numbers game on if they do get open, can Tua one find them and be accurate enough? And there were quite a few throws where 2 it just wasn't accurate enough. Yeah. And then it, when they could run with them, they were tight windows. Narrow the windows. And that's what, that's what the Chargers did against Miami. And I, you can't do it. A whole lot of teams can't do it. But the Chargers were able to, and especially without Derwin James in that game, that was a huge performance by their secondary.
1: So I saw a discussion back and forth between some NFL writers, a former uh, GM, uh, a bunch of folks talking about this last night on Twitter. I thought it was a really interesting discussion in the sense of basically everything in the NFL now, we've talked about expected points added per play. Defensively, you're trying to minimize those opportunities by making – those opportunities lesser in the sense of if I play press, if I play man, if I get up into their shirt, will I get beat cleaner? Like, does it turn into an exponentially bigger play? Yes. But you're taking those opportunities and you're shrinking the pool of opportunities. Yes. So even if the expected play, expected win is a little bit higher because it breaks for 70 yards and a touchdown, you're taking those opportunities from three to one. Or from four to one, and that is a massive, massive difference over the course of an NFL game.
2: And I, I honestly believe this: that all things considered, uh, if you had Tom Brady or Josh Allen, who could put it on the top with those weapons, I don't think you played the same way that they did because I think they took Tua into account, and they said he's not going to be that guy that can beat us when we do allow those opportunities and. To their credit, it worked. It worked in a big way. The 49ers did
1: the, the, the exact same thing. Chargers. That, yep. that, that was kind of the precedent setter. It's going to be interesting to see if a team that has lesser on the outside continues to do this. Is this the trend to take away Tua? And then how does McDaniel adjust?
2: I got you, though. I mean, like, that's when you just say, no, we're going to run the ball then. We're going to pound the ball down mm-hmm. your throat. And they, they didn't, didn't even try.
1: I don't want to say it was an ego play.
2: But it mm. felt like an ego play. Kind of did. It kind of did there.
1: And sometimes, sometimes it's the right call. Sometimes it's yep. right to gas your dude up.
2: Yeah, and you don't win. <laughs> you don't win them all the time. No. But, man. That that game was. If you're a Dolphins fan, is probably a pretty frustrating one to watch.
1: That's a. That's a. That's a. I don't want to say a reality check, but it's it's certainly a punch in the face of you're not that team.
2: Yeah, uh, Justin Herbert. Also, you mentioned the 39s being six off the the record in the yes. NFL. There have been 700 instances in the NFL of a quarterback having 50% or 50 or more pass completions mm-hmm. in a in a game. Actually, one was just last week with Mike White. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert is the only quarterback of those 700 to complete 75% of his passes. Yeah, he was accurate. And threw it's, zero interceptions. 39 of 51, right? Yeah. 39 of 51 and no interceptions. That's, that's. I mean, crazy he he was about.
1: he was on fire, yeah. and he was. Uh, I want to say he was nine of ten or ten of eleven outside the pocket.
2: Also, it's crazy what happens when his receivers are healthy.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Mike <laughs> Williams is back, and all of a sudden, look at that <laughs> crazy stuff. All
2: right, we have a ton more of the NFL, including uh, Tom Brady falling on his face uh, against the, the San Francisco. We've got. I, I don't even know. I don't even know who the best team in the AFC is anymore. But next, we got our worst day on the web. And right now, folks, it's all of us because one man is armed and dangerous. Here's Rust with SportsCenter. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
0: It's time
2: for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan.
1: Man, that sucks!
2: Tell your children not to look my way. Look, the real worst day on the web today is Emmanuel Acho. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That dude's getting dragged because he. I mean he's take he the wrong horse. Well he's been unfairly critical. We've talked about it before. Yes. We've played some of the audio before. He's been unfairly critical of Justin Herbert. Like you don't have to sit here and and say and anoint Justin Herbert like the best quarterback ever.
1: You don't have to call him next not. or him.
2: No. No. But Ocho was like over the top saying he's a he's a Twitter quarterback. Social
1: media quarterback.
2: He's not he's not even good. I mean, he I'll take Tua ten times out of ten. And what happened last night? It couldn't have been any better because like, people just piled on Emmanuel Acho well, after the performance. And he
1: tweeted out coming into that game with, mm-hmm. this game will either make me more insufferable for the remainder of my sports television career or force me to retire from sports TV. There is no in-between. Hashtag fins up. Uh-oh.
2: Well, uh, NFL records were made for one quarterback. <laughs> he, and the other started 3 of 17 and ended up 10 of 28 for 148 five yards. In
1: that NFL record, he passed Andrew Luck For most passing yards, the first three years of his career, of any quarterback ever.
2: I mean, that is crazy.
1: 13,000 yards.
2: And so Emmanuel Acho also got dragged in several other ways, including somebody dug up this stat. Uh, Justin Herbert's 39 completions Uh are more uh, completions than Emmanuel Acho had tackles in his entire career, which was 33. 33. Yeah. So that's a no good. Mita, he's having the rough day. Yes,
1: Amita Kimes of ESPN piled on uh, after this because he did mention that he he would it would force him to retire from sports TV. Uh-oh. She quotes me with excited to see what's next for you, bud. <laughs> Just got the shovel out and handed it to him.
2: Ah, uh, uh, yes, but um, that is that that he's having a terrible day and it continues to get bad. No, I say uh, he is not why we have our worst day on the web though. The worst day on the web is everybody here listening right now. Because you are armed and dangerous because you want to tell you mentioned Acho saying he was insufferable. Mm-hmm. USC has another Heisman trophy, and <laughs> you are on another level with your shenanigans. I I, I
1: said it. I, I did say you the were Heisman, armed trophy, with a Heisman. The the Heisman trophy came home.
2: No. Yeah.
1: Real quick. Real quick, um, which university has more Heisman trophies than USC? I want this bean paste to inject into my (laughs) face hole. The answer is zero. Okay. USC has more Heisman trophies Mm -hmm. than every other school but four because they are are tied at seven. Yeah. And the other schools in there, like Notre Dame, who hasn't had one in 40 years. Okay. You know, relevancy matters. All right. I'm just going back, Brown writer. was forty years ago, thirty years ago. Yeah, okay, 80, gonna, 80, I was, I was, eighty-seven. Be like, yeah, yeah, no, eighty-seven. All right, it's been
2: 85 years. Yeah, it's been a while.
1: <laughs> okay, but yeah, no. Uh, yes, I'm an insufferable USC guy because uh, Ooh, they they brought it home. I'm reading
2: here. Uh, USC also has more vacated Heisman trophies than anybody else. Mm. I'm also reading. Uh, oh, USC has more people um, accused of murder than any other university too.
1: That just sounds like an out wow. that just sounds like an an outstanding running back to me. <laughs> I'm
2: just saying. Which Oh no. Those are two different running backs. The one that was vacated is not the guy accused of murder, yes, which no, is the no. crazy part. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um and the other part of this is number one, Heisman, give Reggie Bush back as Heisman. Yes, do it. And that would also put USC at eight and above everybody else, making me <laughs> infinitely more insufferable. Uh, that's the thing is, See. this would have put them above everybody. This is bad. Yes. Is that is the reason they haven't given it back.
2: It's not good. It's not <laughs> good. Um, okay. Well.
1: But we do have odds out on next year, and no surprise, Caleb Williams is number one in preseason odds. He won't win it. He won't. You don't think he'll be back-to-back? No. What, why is that?
2: Because there have been guys who have had better years after they win the Heisman, that and still they still don't it. win it.
1: Yeah. You know, you're probably right.
2: That that's the only reason. Like Caleb Williams will probably have a better year next year. I I wouldn't be surprised one bit if he had a better year. and USC is more successful, yeah. But I don't think the the voters will do it just because that's how they operate. And if they got to stupid. the playoff,
1: if they got to the playoff, I th- and he puts up absurd numbers. I think he might be there again.
2: He'll be there. No. I think he'll be there no matter what. No. They'll bring him back, but. You know they'll look at a guy like Michael Penix or Drake May, yeah, and they'll say, "Yeah, we'll go ahead and give it to that guy this year." Because, as we talked about last week, this trophy is is, is totally it's a quarterback award. jumped the shark yeah. o- of what it should be, which is the most outstanding player in in all of college football. That's not to say, and I do believe you know Caleb Williams was that this year for USC, but they won't do that again because uh, for whatever reason they want Archie Griffin to be the only one
1: yeah i they need they need a defensive player at the number one a defensive player like th- like this year you could make an argument for a Jalen Carter or something like that and yeah. i don't think it's a great argument but in the past there there have been like you look at what was it i think it was 2017 three of the four best players in college football that year were yeah. defensive players yep like this year, I think it was that the offense dominated. Yeah. I think you had a, a pile of quarterbacks and running backs. Yeah. I don't think there was one defensive player that was, you know, Ringo or or Clark Phillips as good as they are as the corner. This was not Charles Woodson.
2: Yeah. Did it, how bad did it sting you to hear Caleb Williams be honest in his speech when well, the, he when he said like, yeah, I on the Heisman, but you guys get to be in the playoff.
1: Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. I mean he had f Utah on his nails like he was about that life, so this one yeah. hurt it yeah. did
2: yeah, he did have F Utah on his nails
1: which again still so... talk talk your trash before the game i I will never not back that up okay,
2: but it, the softest way to talk trash is painting it on your fingernails. Yeah, can we a... agree with that can we agree with can we agree with the fact that painting your trash talk on your nails I mean literally is the softest way to do it I don't
1: know he literally painted it on him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the softest trash talk you yeah, can have.
1: Just saying, literally painted it on him. He didn't didn't run from it. It was there for everybody to see.
2: <laughs> by, by by some woman as she's buffing out his his nails and pushing his cuticles back. I, I
1: bet you. I bet you. He gets. He gets a good petty. One thing
2: that I do appreciate oh, from uh, from Caleb Williams. As men, we can normalize manies and petties. Those are great, I, dude. I
1: go once a month. I'm literally going Saturday. Yeah, don't use
2: your gross ass feet as a badge of honor. No, go, go soak them and, and go, go get your nails go, trimmed up. Go
1: get your paraffin wax. Go get your, <laughs> your, your get your feet taken care of. Look, he doesn't listen to the show. If I'm going to say this. Um, I, I got uh, a family member, a mm-hmm. a petty. He's he's an athlete, rugby player. I got him. He's never had one. I go got ahead. him a a package, a petty package for Christmas.
2: You calling it a petty package, it sounds weird Listen, no, no. out of it's, your mouth. It's, it's, um, it's all
1: of the things. It's the yeah. it's the soak. It's the scrub. It's sure. the rub. It's the trim. It's all of the things, man. It's, it's the whole deal.
2: Damn, I can't believe I stepped on that. That would have mm. been such a great drop. <laughs> it would have been such a great drop, and I did it again. Mm. All right. Um, wait, but congratulations to Caleb Williams. He is a he is a very nice young man. We met him down at Pac twelve Media Day, and he was great.
1: How'd you like the suit? Uh, yeah, yeah. the Gucci Adidas crossover. I'm I'm all for
2: it. I th- I think that uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, I'm all right with it. The three
1: stripes on the side of the Gucci suit.
2: I'm not an Adidas guy though. I'm, I'm not either.
1: I mean, I'm I'm a swoosh. I, 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 we we grew up out here. That's mm-hmm. kind of how this goes. Well, they're here. They're, they're here too. Yeah, I know. They're here but too. They're not here
2: here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. I like it.
1: I think he has an NIL deal with Gucci, if I'm not mistaken. Well, because he showed up at media days media Day in, in a Gucci, Gucci suit, suit that was similar to the one he wore.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love NIL for that. Oh, god, so great. And for like, he brought his lineman with him, I which mean, is very
1: cool. And I guarantee that was covered by.
2: No, it was. It was active water. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Active water paid for that. So uh, good good for him. Good for Caleb Williams. Uh, and the worst day on the web for all of us because now we have to deal with you, Danny.
1: Because it came home.
2: We have to deal with you. <laughs> Thanks, pal.
1: We weren't even going to talk about it. And then I, I, I went full, full USC before the show. And you were like, no, 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 I will not allow this. Yep, you sure did it. Turn it up to eleven, baby. You sure? Did it. And, and, and I'm definitely not, definitely, definitely not wearing anything right now that would be anything along those lines of, no. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm,
2: I'm just stepping out so uh, you can have this drop of Jeff Russ can pull the you saying that you're not wearing anything. Oh, there you go. Yep, I just wanted to be quiet oh, in that okay. one. Yeah, you're wearing a USC sweatshirt I right know. now. Yeah. yeah, I mean this is not good. If the Blazers are winning. You're wearing a Blazers hat. You're wearing a USC sweatshirt. If the Raiders would ever win a game, you'd be wearing Raiders I, Zubas probably. Listen, I
1: would I would put out I would pull. Listen, I don't wear jerseys very often, but I think a football jersey is one that you can get away with wearing because you know sleeves. I mm. would throw the Howie Long or the Bo Jackson on. <laughs> I, I do All have right. I do have the Raiders throwbacks.
2: All right, I feel like if you wear a Raiders jersey and it's Howie Long, you, like you have to wear a neck roll too.
1: No, it came with one. <laughs> yeah, came with one.
2: Perfect. All right. Uh, let's go back to college football really quick before we jump into uh, the NFL to start hour number three. Uh, more movement for the Ducks. Good and bad news. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, the fan. All right. Uh, some good and bad news uh, for the Oregon Ducks coming this weekend. Um, the good news is that uh, Oregon has landed two prospects out of the transfer portal. Uh, their recruiting class is going really well. Uh, I know that you know people are still high on Dante Moore signing next week when it is signing day. I think it's the 21st. Mm-hmm is when uh, official signing day is. Excuse me. Um, And they're still high on Dante Moore, despite the fact that he took a trip to UCLA uh, over the weekend. But uh, Oregon landing two out of the portal already, which is great news for them. It is. And one of them is uh, actually both of them are guys that are going to be plug-and-play type players. Um, The first was uh, linebacker Justin Jacobs out of Iowa. Long, rangy, he's like a 6'3", 240-pound linebacker. And he, no, he
1: is a dude.
2: Yeah, And he's been kind of hampered by injury this Ish. year, only played in two games this year for Iowa. Um, but he is long, rangy, feels like a missile, very athletic. He is a
1: sideline-to-sideline side dude.
2: Yeah, his one knock coming out of, of high school was they didn't know if they'd be able to put on weight. Mm-hmm. Turns out Iowa, not a problem to put on weight there. Yeah. He's like 240 now and he can still run sideline to sideline. That's going to be a big one. That That is a big plug-and-play right there with all of the movement that as they've had. The as long as he's healthy. As long yes. as he is healthy. Um, so you you have that in Justin Jacobs the other one uh coming in via the portal was Alabama wide receiver who's another big body he's 6 foot 4 Treshaan Holden mm-hmm. uh who had was a rotation player had six touchdowns at Alabama this past year uh I think some like 400 yards receiving he wasn't like a 1000 yard receiver but he is was a highly touted prospect out of uh high school he now is uh, at Oregon committed and uh will be heading to the Ducks but you get Get that big body replacement, think of, you know, the guys that you're trying to replace uh, via the portal. Uh, well, not via the portal, but Dante Thornton is in the portal. He's that long, athletic receiver. Chase Coda, who you're losing to graduation, mm-hmm. long, athletic, wide receiver. And then
1: on linebacker core, you're losing Justin Flo. Yeah, I mean, well, and
2: this is the other thing. There's a lot of guys that are in the portal for Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, If you look down the list, you had two guys that are in the portal already commit. Jackson LaDuke, inside linebacker, he committed to Nevada, as did running back Sean Dollars, um, who committed to Nevada, I think it was over the weekend, actually, which makes sense. You have a former Oregon running backs coach being the head coach at Nevada. Convenient. They're going to go and get those guys. Oregon has a lot of guys in the the portal, and it's no secret as to why they do. Um, You had a new head coach come in. They had success at Oregon. It wasn't like it was a broken program where you sit there and you go, all right, I'm out. Uh, We suck, and we have a new coach coming in. This was different. You had a coach leave for another job. Some of the guys needed convincing to stay at Oregon for a year like Seven McGee, and they did. They gave it a run with Dan Lanning and his staff. Either system fit, cultural fit, they didn't like it anymore. They entered the portal after a year. They- God bless him and good luck. But there are three linebackers, inside linebackers, that are in the portal right now. LeDuc, who went to Nevada, Justin Flo, Adrian Jackson, and then you have outside linebackers, Jabril McNeil, uh, Terrell Tillman, and Brandon Buckner. You have a big gap that you need to fill at linebacker. Good thing is you already got one to fill um, that position group, Um, and you're still waiting to hear what Noah Sewell's going to do. Mm-hmm. He did not have the year that that was expected
1: of him. He was, for those that are, that don't know, Noah Sewell coming into this year was looked at as a top twenty draft pick in the NFL.
2: Yeah, someone projecting him another
1: top ten pick. Yeah, and as i saying, like the safe spot was probably to say yep. thirteen through sixteen. He's not even a third round guy right now, considering the year that he had. So yeah, that's tough.
2: This is it's going to be interesting to see which way he goes there. It's not that he had a bad; he kind of was doing what they were asking him to do. It just wasn't as eye popping as what it had been because he had to clean up a lot of other messes.
1: It doesn't play the to the his strengths. either.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think it does if everybody's doing their job. Sure. <laughs> that was a problem with with, with the linebacking core, um, and we had another name enter the. Um, well, two more names entered the transfer portal. Jonathan Flo, Justin Flo's brother. After his brother left, it's no surprise that he entered the portal. And then this one's a big one. Maliki Matavau is in the portal. Uh, tight end, and that is a that could be a significant loss because he is athletic as all hell. And we saw he made big plays down the stretch. in Will Stein's system and what Will Stein wants to do, he wants to be in 12 personnel. Mm-hmm. And right now you have Patrick Herbert and uh, Terrence Ferguson and it'll, you have some development that you have got to get out of that tight end position from the guys behind them because those two, we know what they are. Everybody else is a big question mark moving
1: forward. Yeah, and a kid like that, I, I just... Tight ends in the Pac-12 are in this very weird spot in that you either go to a school that uses them like Utah, religiously, or you go to a school that doesn't use them really at all. There doesn't seem to be a lot of I don't, I don't want to say pro-style, I want to say last-generation pro-style, where tight ends were, more often than not, lined up on the line of scrimmage, adjacent to the tackle, playing between the hashes. A lot of them, if they're out there, are being split out, used primarily in the passing game. It's just There's just weird landing spots, particularly in this conference, as far as how they are deployed and how they are used. And... If I th- if I was going to say anything, I think the Pac-12 doesn't do as good a job as using tight ends as some of the other Power Five conferences.
2: Um, I think you're seeing an evolution there with, with that position, mm-hmm. and I, I think Oregon was usually um, traditionally with, with when Crystal Ball is here, and then yes, this past year they ran a lot of 13 personnel where you have three tight ends on the field, and they, you were having hands in the g- ground often and then using as a wing or Patrick Herbert as a fullback at times, you know, there's a swing in how you're using your tight ends. I think at a lot of the schools in the yes. back right now.
1: And that's another thing. When you look at the PAC 12 in general, if you if go down to the sec, they're, they're using tight ends, basically how you the, the NFL is using tight ends right now. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. All right. Five Oh three two five oh 1080 Let's get back to the NFL. We have a little blazers combo in our number three as, as well. But Tom Brady and the Buccaneers get laughed out of the stadium with Mr. Irrelevant under center. Danny Dusty on the fan.
0: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.